0: tipo 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 tipo
1: tipo can we like do an acapella version of the theme song one time? I don't
2: I don't know the theme song well
1: enough.
2: Yeah, I would. I to <laughs> <laughs> don't don't like, the other part. <laughs> oh yeah, the drum, the drum bit. Uh, <laughs> I still we talked about random vocals <in> it. why <laughs> are we there vocals in our theme song
0: before? It's but, in um, the outro. I'm like I don't know what this person's saying, but it's goofy as all get out.
1: Uh, I, I remember
2: I, I remember being like. Like I want our theme song to sound like Stranger Things, yes. yeah, and it got, it does, it does, yeah, it, does. It, it, definitely it definitely got that does. vibe. It's got it's got the good vibe. I like it. I like mm. it. Uh, if you guys I'm know, okay. um,
1: if you guys don't know, you're listening to the Brain Boggled podcast with me And You couldn't tell from our beautiful acapella version we, of our theme song we,
2: we just did we know that for us it's mere it's a mere minute or two but for you guys I it's know. been a whole week since we've been talking about uh the you've Tonsa been waiting with bated breath part 2 we're actually gonna get into it now <laughs> um, yeah part we two. introduce ourselves again i got nothing still
1: yeah i mean we introduced ourselves in the last episode we gotta keep it. We gotta keep it going yeah, for the I, I, people.
0: I'll, I'll, I'll just throw it out. I'm your Black Lives Matter. B. Brent. That's no, good. Take an easy one. Yeah, that's
1: good. Um. Yeah.
2: Oh, I'm your.
1: Uh, you can do this, Jack. Social justice, take Jay, your time. Jack.
2: Social oh, jo- I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I was gonna say racist justice system. Jay, Jack. Yeah. Oh man. We'll go with that one. We'll go with that one.
1: I'm looking through the 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 uh, document You're looking for a name to see like anything with B. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm your Booker T. Washington B. No, no. i know that was that felt weirdly problematic didn't it yeah, yeah. i know what you mean but it, it, it came the, out the, and i was this, like hmm the spirit was in the right place it's but fine. i know what you mean we it's know. weird because i am okay not so bad intros out of the man. way bad <laughs> intros out
0: of the way let's get into it
1: yes all right so basically if you listened to part one if you didn't listen you to should. part one go listen to part one because yes. we kind of uh set the stage for the tulsa race massacre which is a historical event that you may or may not have heard about, but most likely have not heard about it because it was covered up by the government. And it's kind of crazy, actually. We've talked about conspiracies on this podcast before. Mm. And this is one that I didn't start researching as a conspiracy, but found out later that it was one. So we'll get to that part later. But this is an event in history that not a lot of people know about because it was covered up. So we set the yeah, stage. I can, say, I
0: can say for myself, I did not know about this until last year when um, it was depicted on uh, the HBO series uh, Watchmen. Mm. And people were like, oh, that was crazy. Damon Lindelof, you write some really crazy fucked up shit. How did you come up with this whole Tulsa massacre thing? And it, it was like, oh, guess what? It's real.
1: <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? I didn't write that. It actually happened. <laughs> oh no, yeah, that happened, man. That, <laughs> and, uh... I didn't know about it until like a month ago when me and Zach D were having a conversation. Shout out to Zach D, Zach and Aaron. Um, Mm -hmm. He was telling me about, you know, how Donald Trump was having his rally in Tulsa. And I was like, well, what's wrong with having it in Tulsa? And he's like, you don't know about the Tulsa massacre. I was like, what's the Tulsa massacre? And I I just Googled it real quick. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm doing this as a brain boggle podcast because, you know, uh, we got a lot of new listeners out there. Um, our numbers are really going up a lot. Surprisingly, we have yeah. the big, shouts we out have to the you guys! Numbers, yeah. the best numbers, record numbers, <laughs> and um, so I just thought it would be a good opportunity to sort of spread education to anyone who doesn't know about this, and and you know, sort of teach people the history of this of the country we live in, the United States, because uh, I know we have a lot of international listeners out there. Um, but yeah, so let's let's get into the story because uh, not a lot of people know about it. So the Tulsa race massacre, and like I said, go listen to part one if you didn't hear it because uh, if you're confused as to why this happened,
2: there, there's a lot of historical build up.
1: There's a lot of build up for to set the tone. So I'll kind of give a quick recap for anyone who didn't listen to the first episode. Um, there's a lot of tension in the Oklahoma area. As a film that depicted black people as sort of these these ravenous like um, rapists and murderers was released in 1915 and it was this huge hit. And basically in the movie, uh, the KKK comes in and like saves all these white people from this group of freed slaves after the Civil War. Um, and it was a very, very popular movie, and it sort of caused a resurgence in the KKK at the time, especially in Oklahoma. And in Oklahoma, there were uh, many, many lynchings at this time period, a lot of uh, sort of race, like racial-induced like violent acts by mobs who uh, at the time, like World War One had just ended, and people were all looking for jobs. And so there was a lot of... Tension in the fact that, like, you know, both whites and blacks were looking for jobs and blacks felt like because they just fought for this country, they deserve the same rights and opportunities. And a lot of the white people were like, no, these are our jobs. You go over there and this is our kind of. You know, this is our right to have these jobs first. You can get them second. So basically, that's kind of a quick synopsis of where things were at this time. So this is the story begins on Monday, May 30th, 1921. So about 100 years ago, and it was on Memorial Day. So this is the encounter in the elevator. It is alleged that at some time about or after 4 p.m., a 19-year-old named Dick Roland, who was a black shoe shiner employed at a Main Street shine parlor, entered the only elevator of the nearby Drexel building which is a building on South main street. And he was in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he was to use the top floor restroom, which was restricted to black people because of, you know, segregation. He encountered a woman named Sarah page, the 17 year old white elevator operator who was on duty. The two likely knew each other, at least by sight, as this building was the only one nearby with a restroom, which Roland had express permission to use. And the elevator operated by page was the only one in the building. A clerk at Renberg's, a clothing store on the first floor of the Drexel building, heard what sounded like a woman's scream and saw a young black man rushing from the building. The clerk went to the elevator and found Paige in what he said was a distraught state. Thinking that she had been assaulted, he summoned authorities. And so at this time period, just to give us a little bit of a uh, precursor to what, may come at the time. If a young black man just looked at a white girl, he could be lynched. Like this, this is how bad things were at this time period in this part of Oklahoma. Yeah. So whether or not Dick Roland and Sarah page knew each other has been kind of a matter of speculation for a really long time. It seems reasonable that they would have at least been able to recognize each other as Roland would have regularly ridden on this elevator Others, though, have speculated that these two may have been lovers um, and a dangerous but and potentially deadly taboo. But it was actually more common than people think at the time. So obviously, if they, if they people found out about this, it would be very bad. Um, yeah. But yeah, some speculate that they they were together. They could have not been. There's not a lot of information on this as this kind of whole event was sort of erased from history. So this is kind of just speculation. Sure. So whether or they knew each other or not isn't really clear. But one thing that we do know is that Dick Rowland and Sarah Page were downtown on Monday, May 30th. And on Memorial Day, most businesses were closed, yet both Roland and Page were apparently working. So they basically like after they found Dick Roland running away and they saw Sarah Page kind of distraught, they assumed that that he had raped her, assaulted her in some way. But in the, the years that followed, many people, uh, eyewitnesses and, and friends of Dick who survived this whole thing. Basically said that, like, he would not have been capable of rape. He was not that kind of person. He was well-liked. He was a very good, good kid. So after this event happened, there was a brief investigation. So although the police questioned Paige, no written account of her statement has been found to this day. However, the police determined that what happened between the two teenagers was something less than an assault. The authorities conducted a low-key investigation rather than launching a manhunt for her assailant. Police, Page told the police that Roland grabbed her arm, but nothing more, and she was not going to press charges. Regardless of whether or not assault occurred, uh, Roland had reason to be fearful. At the time, such an accusation could put him at risk of being attacked by angry mobs, of white people realizing the gravity of the situation. Roland fled to his mother's house in the Greenwood District. Of Tulsa. So a lot of people think that if they weren't lovers and there wasn't some kind of like fight going on or something, people think that it's possible that he tripped going into the s the uh, elevator, and he actually just grabbed her arm to like catch her and hold on.
0: Oh, yeah. So that he didn't fall. Yeah, Um, yeah. To brace himself, sure.
1: There are reports of this elevator having like because it was so long ago they the construction of it was kind of like poor and there was like a gap between the floor so like people apparently people tripped on this elevator a lot Um, Hmm. yeah so that was just kind of like one report that I saw but like I said I mean after this whole thing there was a lot lot, a huge lack of evidence to kind of look back at Um, Yeah. so basically this day was this was Monday Memorial Day Dick Rowland went back to his mother's house in Greenwood and which we had talked about in the last episode was a a thriving black community of Mm -hmm. very wealthy black people, which was very rare at the time. And that was sort of the end of the first day. It was kind of like not that big a deal. So let's fast forward to the next day, Tuesday, May 31st, 1921. So on the morning after the incident, Henry Carmichael, a white detective, and Henry C. Pack, a black patrolman, located Roland on Greenwood Ave and detained him. Pack was one of two black officers on the city's police force, which then included about 45 officers at the time. Roland was initially taken to the Tulsa City Jail at 1st and Main. Late that day, Police Commissioner J.M. Atkinson, said that he had received an anonymous telephone call threatening Roland's life. He ordered Roland transferred to a more secure jail on the top floor of the Tulsa County courthouse. The Tulsa Tribune, one of the two white owned newspapers published in Tulsa, broke the story in the afternoon edition with the headline, nab Negro for attacking girl in an elevator describing the alleged incident. So I want to pause there for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. There is an actual uh picture of this news article and I'll put it in the brain blog when I when I make the brain blog for this episode so you guys can go check yep. it out. But basically, I mean that is not a headline, that is a call to action. Yeah. Yeah. Nab Negro for attacking girl in an elevator. That was the name of the headline. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. And like we talked about in the last episode, there were other art, there were other newspapers that, that were black owned in this part of town. This was mm-hmm. one of the white owned newspapers. Um, And so according to some witnesses, the same edition of the Tribune included an editorial warning of a potential lynching of Roland titled to lynch Negro tonight. The paper was known at the time to have a sensationalist style of news writing. All original copies of that issue of the paper have apparently been destroyed, and the relevant page is missing from the microfilm copy. Which cool. Is, uh, it's
0: basically like the Fox News of its time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then they destroyed the evidence that it ever existed. Um, there is evidence of just the headline. Yeah. But everything else was destroyed. Uh, so basically, all we have is hearsay and like and eyewitness testimonies that that say like, "Oh yeah, the newspaper said this." Yeah. Um. Other newspapers of the time, like the Black Dispatch and the Tulsa World, did not call any attention to such editorial after the event. So the exact content of the column and whether it existed at all still kind of remains a dispute. However, James Patton, chief of detectives immediately following the riots, attributed them entirely to the newspaper account and went so far as to say, if the facts in the story, as told the police, had only been printed – I don't think there would have been any riot whatsoever. So obviously this sort of call to action uh, sensationalized article with a lot of possibly false facts that were just assumed really created a lot of tension and could have caused a lot of problems for the next few days.
0: Uh, again, again with the things that sound like they could be happening right now. Yep. It's like yeah. blatant bullshit stories being spread to fan the flames of anger yeah. of a particular side of the spectrum politically. Exactly. Or and racially. if racially trusted yeah. this
1: newspaper, they would believe it. And also again, another example of how media affects life. hmm It's not yep. it's not all just wrapped into its own little world. Like this the media affects the way people act. So the afternoon edition of the Tribune hit streets shortly after three PM that same Tuesday, and soon news spread of the potential lynching. By four PM, local authorities were on alert. White residents began congregating at and near the Tulsa County Courthouse. By sunset at seven thirty PM, the several hundred white residents assembled Outside the courthouse, appeared to have the makings of a lynch mob. William M. McCullough, the newly elected sheriff of Tulsa County, was determined to avoid such events as the 1920 lynching of white murder suspect Roy Belton in Tulsa, which had occurred during the term of his predecessor. Um, I don't know much about that situation. I just kind of wrote it down because I thought maybe it was a little bit important for adding to the story. Mm-hmm. Sure. The Guthrie Daily leader reported that Roland had been taken to the county jail before crowds started to gather. The sheriff positioned six of his men armed with rifles and shotguns on the roof of the courthouse. He disabled the building's elevator and had his remaining men barricade themselves at the top of the stairs with orders to shoot any intruders on site. The sheriff went outside and tried to talk the crowd into going home, but people wouldn't leave so because this was such a well established black community it 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 was not going to fly basically like that lynching was just okay like legally like obviously like the it, legally it was not okay to do this, so basically so because he was in mob, custody
2: the mob that the the police are barricading themselves in from is the white lynch mob? Yes. Okay.
1: Who were basically incentivized and told to go watch or be a part of this lynching by the yeah. newspapers which didn't actually exist. I mean like they basically created this lynching. I mean, yeah. they started it. It was never going to happen. It was he was in custody. He was going to go to trial. Um but for something so stupid, too, which is another whole other problem Uh, but he's he's already like you know detained at this point so people wouldn't leave the sheriff tried to get them to go away and about 8 20 p.m three white men entered the courthouse demanding that roland be turned over to them although vastly outnumbered by the growing crowd the sheriff was able to turn the men away so think about how scary that probably was starting to get i mean like This crowd is growing and growing and growing and more and more people are, are lining up with firearms to get this guy. And slowly the authority of the cops is kind of starting to dwindle. Um, Few blocks away on Greenwood Ave, members of the black community gathered to discuss the situation at a hotel. Many black residents were determined to prevent the crowd from lynching Roland, but they were divided about tactics young World War I veterans prepared for a battle by collecting guns and ammunition. Older, more prosperous men feared a destructive confrontation that would likely cost them. So they tried more kind of political tactics that were like, we have to figure out how to disperse these people without bringing weapons. And so there was kind of like a little bit of a debate there. But bottom line, there was a very, very wealthy black community of people who you know, were actually very well-known in the communities, who came to defend this this young man. At 9.30 p.m., a group of approximately 50 to 60 black men armed with rifles and shotguns arrived at the jail to support the sheriff and his deputies in defending Roland from the mob. Having seen the armed blacks, some of the more than 1,000 white men who had been at the courthouse went home for their own guns. At the courthouse, the crowd had swollen to nearly 2,000 people, many of them now armed, so... You can see a recipe for disaster yeah. brewing here. <laughs> um, many white men interpreted these actions as a quote Negro Negro uprising and became concerned. Eyewitness reports eyewitnesses reported gunshots, presumably fired into the air, increasing in frequency during the evening. So you know, kind of just. Rah! like just people just going crazy yeah in greenwood rumors began to fly in particular a report that whites were storming the courthouse shortly after 10 p.m a second larger group of approximately 75 armed black men decided to go to the courthouse because of the rumors they offered their support to the sheriff who declined their help according to witnesses a white man is alleged to have told one of the armed black men to surrender his pistol. The man refused. And was sh- and a shot was fired. So there was kind of like a scuffle. From reports that. Yeah like this. This white guy came up to, to one of the black men. Defending the courthouse and was like. Give me your gun. Like give, give me your gun. And he was like no I have the right to, to bear arms. Like I'm a citizen. I don't have to give you my gun. And he uh, supposedly approached the man. And they kind of got into a scuffle, and the gun fired off. And so that first shot, uh, it, it was very well, people, people very well think it was accidental. Um, basically, it was the catalyst for an exchange of gunfire. So this was the beginning of the, the riots, quote-unquote riots. Mm-hmm. The gunshots triggered an almost immediate response by whites in the crowd many whom fired on the blacks, who then fired back on the whites. The first battle was said to have lasted a few seconds or so, but it took a toll as 10 whites and two blacks lay dead on the street. The black contingent retreated towards Greenwood. A rolling gunfight ensued. The armed white mob pursued the armed black mob towards Greenwood, with many stopping to loot local stores for additional weapons and ammunition. Along the way, bystanders, many of whom were leaving a movie theater and were caught off guard by the mobs, fled. Panic set in as the white mob began firing on any black people in the crowd. Many prominent white Tulsans also participated in the riot, including Tulsa founder and Ku Klux Klan member W. Tate Brady, who participated in the riot as a night watchman. At around midnight, white rioters began again assembled outside the courthouse. It was a smaller group, but more organized and determined. They shouted in support of a lynching. When they attempted to storm the building, the sheriff and his deputies turned them away and dispersed them. About an hour later at 1 a.m., the white mob began setting fires, mainly in businesses on Commercial Archer Street at the southern edge of the Greenwood District. So this was actually an attempt to disperse black snipers who were posted on rooftops to like as defense for, um, the earlier fight that occurred where people were kind of pushed right. back into Greenwood. So yeah, these these, you know, World War One veterans who were experienced kind of fighters, they they were, they were posted on the rooftops, kind of just like waiting, and so like these, um the white kind of mobs that were coming in and causing these or trying to attack them. They were basically like, okay, how do we get rid of these snipers? And so they started setting fires, basically forcing them off the rooftops. So as crews from the Tulsa fire department arrived to put out the fires, they were turned away at gunpoint by the white mobs. Like they basically like, let them burn by 4am an estimated two dozen black owned businesses had been set ablaze. Remember, this is two dozen. And remember, this is a very, very wealthy district. Uh, One of the only black communities that had this amount of wealth in the country at the time. Yeah. I mean, it was called Black Wall Street. That was what they called it. Right. And so now all of a sudden, two dozen businesses are on fire. Overwhelmed by the sheer number of white attackers, the blacks retreated north on Greenwood Avenue to the edge of town chaos ensued as terrified residents fled the rioters shot and indiscriminately and shot indiscriminately and killed many residents along the way splitting into small groups they began breaking into houses and buildings and looting yeah stuff's crazy <laughs> over there and i think this is kind mm. of the part that's in watchment, right brent
0: uh some of it they i mean the. I have a feeling you're gonna detail some more, even more extreme examples yeah. of what is to come in the what? next like there's day or so.
1: More to come. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's more to come.
0: There, there's a particular detail of it that was like so seems so insane to me that I was like, this cannot possibly be real. Yeah, that is depicted in the show that is very real. Yeah. So and I think I'm we're sure actually, getting there.
1: That's actually I think the next part. So there was a yeah. an air attack here. Yes. So numerous eyewitnesses described airplanes carrying white assailants who fired rifles and dropped firebombs on buildings, homes, and fleeing families. The privately owned aircraft were dispatched from the nearby Curtis Southwest Field outside of Tulsa. Law enforcement officials later said that the planes were to provide reconnaissance and protect against a Negro uprising. I should point out, Uh, this was not all black versus white. I just want to make sure that that's clear to some people. There were some white citizens in Greenwood who fought against the rioters to try to defend the black communities. Um, So it wasn't all black versus white. There was some mix in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But obviously no blacks were on the side of the whites. Um, It was just like a lot of white people were kind of there to protect the black communities. Yeah. Good to know there were some Good people around who are trying yeah. to yeah. protect their neighbors. Yeah. So I, I did read one thing. And uh, if anyone knows the answer listening, please email us at Podcast at gmail.com because I would love to know if there's anything I missed with this. But I did hear on one report that the planes that were used were actually black owned planes that were stolen to use against them. Uh, By the rioters, but obviously on the the page that I'm reading from now, it was that these planes were set so that in case this ever happened, they would have a way to destroy the community, which is pretty messed up because if that's the case, it shows that they were kind of just anticipating this. Yeah. Right.
0: And it's almost... They wanted it to happen, you know? Yeah, it's almost like... They wanted a provocation to just go in and, you know destroy this community
1: yeah like they almost like egged them on to the point where it's like like any excuse they had to start this was kind right. of like good enough excuse for them and once the exactly. tipping point happened it was like okay yeah so if anyone knows if either one is more true than the other i would love to know um but i kind of saw both so i guess kind of it could have been both too you know there could have been because uh, there were a lot of wealthy people
2: yeah in that black mix. community
1: So they could have owned planes and uh, who knows? Yeah. So then this is where the National Guard steps in. And you think this is a good thing, but uh, not so much. So General Charles Barrett of the Oklahoma National Guard arrived with 109 troops from Oklahoma City by special train around 915 a.m. the next day. Barrett declared martial law at 1149 AM. And by noon, the troops had managed to suppress most of the remaining violence. A 1921 letter from an officer of the service company reported numerous events related to the suppression of the riot. So this is a list of from an officer from the service of what they did, basically. So they took about 30 to 40 blacks into custody. They put a machine gun on a truck, And took it on patrol. Um, They were fired on from Negro snipers from the church and returning fire. They were being fired on by white men. Turning the prisoners over to deputies to take them into police headquarters. Searching for Negroes and firearms. Detaining a NCO to take 170 Negroes to civilian authorities and delivering an additional 150 Negroes to conventional hall. And then after that, martial law was withdrawn uh, afternoon on June 4th. And I just want to make it clear. I'm reading this straight from the thing. And I'd want to make it clear that I do not think the word Negro is okay to say.
0: <laughs> As yeah. if that
1: wasn't clear. I just wanted to clarify yeah. that uh, because it feels really point. bad saying it. <laughs> That
2: was like that's like three hundred people arrested.
1: Yep, and not one of them white. Dang. So, so basically, like shocking. Yeah. yeah. So basically, like this this event that was basically caused by white men in the area was solved by getting rid of all the black people because the white people were sc- screaming and throwing a tantrum and killing this entire community and so let's arrest the people who are getting killed because they're the ones who are causing the problem you're the ones who are fighting back yeah it's again it really does remind you of the things we're seeing in today's society that is really uh yeah you know kind of messed up um obviously this is on a much more violent scale but it's it's uh We're not far from that, I feel like, sometimes. So, the massacre was covered by national newspapers, and the reported number of deaths varies widely. Walter Francis White of the NAACP traveled to Tulsa from New York and reported that although officials and undertakers said that the facilities, sorry, fatalities numbered 10 white and 21 colored, he estimated that the number of dead to be 50 whites and between 150 and 200 blacks. The commercial section of Greenwood was completely destroyed. Losses included 191 businesses, a junior high school, several churches, and the only hospital in the district. And I'm going to send to you guys a link so you can check this out. Um it's just pictures of the the event, the mass like post massacre. And we'll include this link in the brain blogged so you guys can check it out at home these are basically postcards most of these because there's so little evidence of this actually happening um and the only evidence we really have in terms of photographs is these sort of white supremacist postcards that were used almost as like a weirdly like a trophy or like some kind of souvenir of of oh, race it's like
2: a way it's like a war zone
0: oh yeah. yeah and there's like one picture i'm on right now that's like says like in like the caption on like written on the photograph is negro slain
1: yep it's like jesus christ yeah that one's like, messed up i don't know if you Some of them are really dark. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah. There's like a charred one. Yeah. I just got to that one. Oh my God. Yeah. So if you, you know, this is very hard to look at a lot of these, but if you, if you want to see the history of what happened here, check this link out in in the video, the podcast description, because it basically shows the events visually and it's pretty crazy to look through because, um, it makes it that more real that it happened. Yeah. And so, yeah, like I was saying, um, the, these pictures are basically all used as postcards that were kind of souvenirs or reminders of racially charged crimes. So it was kind of like, see what happens <laughs> when you let black communities get too rich <laughs> or you see right. what happens when you don't teach them a lesson. Like this is what happens. And, um, that's kind of what the historians believe is why these postcards were made. And if you look in some of these pictures, uh, they're labeled Tulsa race riot.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so that was something I kind of wanted to talk about that relates to today a little bit. So that kind of relates to the peaceful protests that we have seen in our country being labeled as riots. Some of them have become riots. Um, But by calling something a riot, we kind of write the history in a way that puts both sides at blame. And especially in this case, uh, the events that conspired in Tulsa, it was just definitely not the case. And so this is why people call it the Tulsa Massacre, because it really wasn't a riot. It was just a complete massacre. Yeah. Right. And so, like, they actually think that the fatalities of black people were more like Mm -hmm. around 300 Mm-hmm. rather than 200 even still like because there were so many bodies that were buried in mass graves and people that burned alive and were basically erased from history right
0: yeah it's i mean you look at these pictures it's a fucking war zone you know literally it's, it's yeah, I mean, calling them calling it a race riot or whatever back in the day was obviously a way to obfuscate what really happened there, exactly. which is what they went in and like firebombed an entire city. You mm-hmm. know,
1: it's, children and women and yeah, families were just completely murdered in their homes, mm-hmm. and it's really sad. Um. So we need to all learn about this history and and kind of go back to it and and realize that this was less than 100 years ago.
0: Less than 100
1: years. This was less than a century ago. Right.
0: And most of us probably never even heard of it, you know? Yeah. That's why I keep coming to, like, with conversations I have with people about this is so many people just, including myself, like I said, up until, like, a year ago had never even heard of this as being a thing that ever happens, you know? We don't teach about this part of our history, yeah, in this country. Yeah. We just kind of sort of this era is sort of like sort of simplified to you know the Civil War was fought over states' rights and slavery, mm-hmm. and then Emancipation Proclamation, slaves are free. Then you know there That's was you know segregation, like, Se- yeah. then there was like segregation and stuff. But then you know the Civil Rights Movement Martin happened, Luther Martin King Luther King, in. and then you know. He died, but then after that, you know, everything was it's solved. Basically, it was the yeah, Civil it's Rights basically, yeah, basically like, you know? and
2: then Martin Luther King came and he he solved racism. Yeah. He yeah. did it. And it's like, but he didn't at all. And like, it's so funny because like there's so much of history, like racial history that's left out. And then you have like like at Donald Trump's like 4th of July celebration at Mount Rushmore.
1: Mm-hmm. He was
2: like, the radical left is trying to erase history and they're trying to make it seem like Americans were the villains and it's like well maybe if we didn't do such villainous shit we wouldn't <laughs> like it's like what it's it, it's like we're not even like I wasn't even taught that like America was bad I was taught that America like the fact that he's called like the fact that he's saying that when Children are taught accurate American history. That it's like, it's like you even think it's villainous. Yeah. If you think that teaching accurate American history is portraying Americans as the bad people, then like that's because they did bad things. That's why.
1: (laughs) And it's like, that's why we learn history. And like your whole argument is we can't repeat history. It's like, okay, so let's learn what we did wrong. (laughs) And let's, let's, and that doesn't mean worshiping statues like dude
2: i i hate the argument that like tearing oh tearing like they'll never gonna stop with tearing down statues it's like it's like they're like oh they just want to tear down oh they just want to tear down all this history and it's like you need to look at why these statues were put up like i hate when people are like oh tear down this george washington statue because he had slaves it's like, no, we didn't put the statue up because he had slaves. We put it up because he helped, like, fight against, like, Britain and, and, and have America become its own country. Whereas, like, Confederates are fighting straight up for slavery... And yep. also, if you look at when you need to look at when some of these statues were put up, because
0: all during the 1960s,
2: all through the 60s, that every single time that there's, a, it's a direct correlation. A spike in civil rights activism shows a spike in in these racist statues being put Wait, up. Really? Yes. Yeah. The they were all built in
0: the 60s. Yeah. The
2: majority what? of the Confederate statues were built during the civil rights movements as a direct retaliation to the civil rights yeah. movement. Wow. And it's like that's why the statues are getting taken down. They're not getting ta- they're not getting taken down because we want to erase history. It's because it is a false portrayal of history that is being yeah. shown. I mean, look, it's exactly. like we're
1: reading literally we're reading this from 100 years ago. It almost feels like we could just be like
2: I don't understand why people people are like, "Oh, it's heritage. It's not hate." It's like well, it- like these, your
0: heritage c- is based in hate. Your then. heritage is
2: based in hate, and it's also like the Confederacy was a treasonous uprising that fought against yeah. the United States. Like, so, like why the people do you fly even fly the want Confederate to-
1: flag? Do they also like America? Because that's so hypocritical.
2: Here is the other thing about the Confederate flag: is that the common Confederate flag that you see is not accurate. The um, there was a battle flag which looked like the stars and bars, but it was a square. Mm-hmm. And then there was a naval flag, and the naval flag is what everyone considers the, the, uh, the Confederate flag to this day. But the naval flag wasn't even used that much. The actual like, flag of the nation was the stars and bars, small in the corner, like how we have the 50 stars in the American flag now. Yeah. And yeah. the rest of it was just white,
1: Okay. And Interesting.
2: The white did not represent like justice or whatever it represents on our current American flag. The white represented white supremacy, like no joke. The yeah. white on a Confederate flag represents white supremacy, like that's that like wow. that is actually factual. And they later changed it to have a big red bar going down the right-hand side. Yep. Um that's because the one I'm seeing Yes, because The one with the confederacy symbol in the corner on the field of white they thought looked too similar, ironically, Mm. to the white flag of surrender. Wow. So they changed it. So this this is
1: the one they ended up going with? Hold on, if it'll work. Uh, Yes, yes. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Stupid Um, exposure on my webcam is awful.
2: And it's like, okay, so your argument of heritage, not hate, is incorrect because if you genuinely cared about the heritage, you would care about the proper flag to use. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: I have Hopefully never no. heard... It's, also oh, is
0: about hate, so...
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's like, even if that was a legitimate, like, I, like, people always, like, use the... Um, people always use the, the, the defense of, like, do you think people in Germany don't know about the Holocaust and don't know about Hitler? And then the people right. go there's no Hitler statues. Yeah, people go, well, obvi- people go, well, obviously they learn about Hitler, and it goes, Right. But there's not a single
0: statue
1: of Hitler in yeah. Germany. Because that would be messed no, up. No
0: SS, no, you yeah. no Goebbels. no. Yeah, there's Gehring, no there's no nothing. None of them. People, don't get, it, people uh,
1: don't get the tattoos of the swastika because it reminds well, them of the history. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because they do. nobody, gets, none, yeah, nobody <laughs>
2: gets a swastika tattoo because as German heritage, yeah, because they're because their great grandfather was a Nazi, <laughs> Joshua you know, from Community, <laughs> it's gonna know, be like, a
1: maze soon. <laughs>
2: have yes. you, oh there was, man, there's a um, I think it's like um, it's some internet sketch where they're like, um, they're like, they, they find like their grandfather's things and they're like, duh, grandpa must have been a huge Wolfenstein fan. <laughs> <laughs> Or like that oh, other grandpa one, loves like, Nazi
1: zombies,
2: yeah, what's that one where um it's it's not like whitest kids you know or key and peel it's um it's one where it's two, I think it's a British skit show where they're like they're two people and they're like they're dressed up like Nazis, except all of the Nazi symbolism is replaced with just skulls um, <laughs> and I think they're I think they're at like a mass grave and they're like, hey. Um, do you ever think that we're the bad guys? And he's like, No, of course not. We're the good guys. And he's like, I don't know, our symbols like a skull. (laughs) Like maybe we're the maybe we're the bad
1: guys. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, because a skull symbol is always a a sign of a hero. Yeah, right. So I just want to finish up the last few stuff, and I think we can kind of freestyle talk about this. So basically, Mm -hmm. like I wanted to talk a little bit about the cover up and what it basically implies. Um, So missing records was a huge part of this. And this is why a lot of information is kind of hard to find. Uh, All the records about this massacre were basically went missing from city files. And um, also the search for mass graves has been a, a very kind of prominent part of the city of Tulsa in the last like couple decades. There, there are not a lot of official graves for all the deaths that occurred. Uh, in fact, in, in a couple of the cemeteries, there's only like one or two actual graves for people who died. Hmm. But the Tulsa Race Massacre Commission arranged for an archaeological non-invasive ground survey of New Block Park, Oak, Oak Lawn Cemetery, and Booker T. Washington Cemetery, which were identified as possible locations for mass graves of black victims of the violence. To this day, the city of Tulsa is still investigating the looking for all the missing bodies. And I think this is a lot of people that live in the area um, who don't understand what this really was. I've heard interviews and people say like, "Yeah, I I don't know why we're still talking about this. This happened and it, it was part of history, but it happened. There's nothing we can do. Like, why are we still trying to literally dig this up again? and to that you know the argument is um and this is from the city of Tulsa their argument is that they made a promise that anyone in Tulsa who is murdered and like if they lose their bodies and they, they basically promise to ha- find justice for those people and and find out what happened to them and that includes people alive today who passed away like recently and people who who were killed 100 years ago and so basically uh and then there was a really great quote from the one of the videos i watched about it which was like um injustice plus time does not equal justice right so yeah there's a good reason for them trying to find the bodies and obviously they they have to do it uh without being invasive to the other graves which is kind of hard to do but yeah, there's still mass graves in Tulsa that they just, they haven't found. Um, Dang. Of all these people. And and they're going to, they're trying to find them. Hopefully they can. I think they may have found a couple. I think I heard something where they found a couple bodies early this year in one of their excavations. Um, But obviously there's a lot more to go. Right. As like 300 people were murdered. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I have about this event. It's a really, really sad story. Yeah. I don't even know what ended up happening to the to the two people who were originally the sort of the spark uh, that lit the, the fire. Dick Rowland mm-hmm. and Sarah um, Page. Sorry, Page. Like, I don't yeah. know what happened to them because there's basically all the information was <laughs> obstructed with all this damage and right, it... um, covered up. So, I mean, obviously, it was covered up for a reason, I'm guessing, because the United States government probably was like, let's keep this on the DL. Let's, let's rewrite yeah. history so that this is not cause any more uh, uprisings than we need. But, yeah, it, it's just sad. I mean, think about it, it's the one place where it was almost a safe haven for black community for, for yeah, black people. I,
2: it's always so annoying to like, cause that was in the 1900s, you know, that mm-hmm. was um, post world war one. So it was what night, what was the year that this
1: happened again? It was 1921.
2: Yeah. 1921, which was, you know, it was a hundred years ago, but it was still, you know, last century. And then like you have people being like, who, who are denying the effect that slavery had on black people today and they're like that was so long ago there's no way it can still affect them Mm. and it's like okay well then i'll point to tons of like redlining wasn't outlawed until like the 60s and didn't even fully stop until the 80s yeah
0: it still Um, doesn't really fully stop i mean mean, honestly, it still it happens and
2: like people are always like oh oh we out like racism is illegal we outlawed redlining it's like okay just because things are illegal doesn't mean that the effects continue to this day. And yeah, then it's like, right. okay, so if slavery, if actual slavery was too far away, I love when people go, no one who's alive in America today was a slave or knows anyone who was a slave. And it's like, um, it's like, okay, um, then why are you holding on to your heritage with the Confederacy so hard? Yeah. No one, it's right. like no one alight, and there are, like, you have no, like, just as, like, it, your argument being that no, no black person today has relations to slavery can just be like, okay, well, no person today has relation to the Confederacy
1: then. Yeah. Right. Right. It's just like, why are you waving that flag? Although,
0: I mean, we'll probably look at this in a, future episode when we look at our prison system slavery never really fully went away yeah, it's um, still legal so within yeah, the, the prison system as a system. punishment for crime So yeah, um, you probably do know someone who's been enslaved to some level in mm-hmm. this country even now um, yeah. but yeah I know exactly what you're saying there Jack and it's, it's also a- like it, when you never like we talked about in our first episode back in part one with this sort of like Forty acres and a mule thing that never actually materialized. Like, you can't just like end slavery and be like, all right, well, we ended it, so crime, you know, justice is served. It's like, yeah, but what about all the damage you caused from years and years of this practice? And then you just kind of like, all right, well, you're free now, so good luck. Like, what? You literally have nothing, and so you're expected to just be able to, bootstrap it, which we all know is bullshit as it is. You know?
2: Yeah. which and that's is the, if which you're which not also just funny. exited
0: slavery so like,
2: <laughs> yeah you know. which is also funny because the phrase pull yourself from up from your bootstraps was literally created to mean yeah. something that's impossible to do I exactly think we Brent talked actually, about this yeah i think yeah Brent we talked about this in our
0: weird and
1: wild words of wisdom yeah. episode that cursed episode <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from like a year ago <laughs> one of the greatest episodes we've ever recorded
2: the best <laughs> yeah the best one hands down <laughs>
0: But yeah, no, that's exactly what that phrase means. I mean, it's since changed to the point now, people, when they say that, they're like, oh, you just need to work harder. That's what, you know, it's... But like, when you literally start with nothing because you were literally just property and then (laughs) expected to somehow succeed after that, it's like, and then people want to be like today, like, well, they just didn't work hard enough, I guess. I'm like, okay, if your family came here and were literally property and then released... And then never fully, like, succeeded, like, I guess, in the, within yeah. the system. And that would be assuming that, like, if, like, slavery just ended and then also all the racism, all that shit just ended, too. Yeah. Which, obviously, it did not happen. And there was a lot of shit put in place to try to keep, you know, the freed slaves down. You know, yeah. like, like the Three-Fifths Compromise and, like, all this shit that happened throughout history. Like, the sl- these new and new rules that we keep tacking yeah. on to try to still... Keep them in their place, quote unquote. So like, it's just yeah. That's it's I mean, just so wait, it's a bad faith argument. Anyone who tries to, to to argue that point.
1: And we've kind of talked about this, Brent. Like this week, like we we kind of were talking about, um you know, the the same principle with homeless people. You know, when you scream mm. out, "Get a job!" to a homeless person, it's like I can't get a job. I don't have an address. I can't apply. I don't have a phone <laughs> number for yeah, you to call. Yeah. Like, uh... <laughs>
2: That's so many is like there are so many like like a lot of a lot of like racists and people who who are who like systemic racism deniers essentially who Mm -hmm. like they'll give a lot of solutions where it'll be like, okay well, on average, a lot of um, neighborhoods that were redlined to be be, because they were designated as African-American, you know, communities. And now they are still crippled by that financial uh, by that financial damage. Uh, That they can't, they they can't. The system, like that's exactly what people mean by systemic racism. Like the system is is still set so that they cannot lift themselves out of poverty. And then Mm -hmm. the the answer that like people who deny that will give will be like, well, they should just like. It's like they're like, oh well. Did you actually know that if you have both parents in a household and graduate high school and go to college and get a degree, that um. You are more you you statistically on average can lift yourself out of poverty and into the middle class. And you're like and and (laughs) then you're like, okay. it's like we're not denying that. But over policing and unjust laws targeted towards minorities cause there to to be less than one parent in the household. Mm -hmm. Systemic redlining has caused their high schools to be. Worse public schools because so their graduation rates are really low, and if they do graduate, how are they going to pay for college
1: <laughs> if they are in poverty? But Jack, it's, but Jack, but Jack, listen, hear like, me out,
2: hear me out. But like, if they do it, they what can about, pull themselves out of poverty, and it's like, yes, but how? Neil deGrasse
1: Tyson, look at Neil deGrasse Tyson. Look at Oprah Morgan Winfrey Freeman. is a billionaire. Oprah Winfrey, look at <laughs> we these people who we, made it. Listen, Bobby.
2: Barack Obama was a black president like America's S- not racist dude
1: like come on yeah. man I wish and it's like I wish I so I, I want to be good enough at knowing like the rebuttals to every single like argument to be able to just like immediately like strike dude, then
2: get no and it's like it I used to watch when I was younger like in 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 like early high school I would watch like um ben shapiro destroys you know Liptard, <laughs> yeah. and like i was i identified as liberal and i would like i knew that ben shapiro was an idiot um mm-hmm. and like that he was just incredibly racist and i would watch but these what are you things talking about? and i would give me one like, example give me one example i would be like give i would be example. like he knows that i'm like i know that he's wrong but i didn't know how mm-hmm. i was like it i was like it feels not. Right and I watch like because like that's something that that like conservatives and like the far right have like they it's it's a lot easier for them to like be sensationalist and like point and, and 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 like get get their voices out there because um like news sources like having them because they're so controversial and they get like people watching um right and so like the other thing too is um American politics, like, on average, are skewed very much towards the right. So, like, people in America yes. who are considered liberal or left are actually, mm. like, in the context of the entire world, are actually very close to the center. Yes, yeah, so our, our mm.
0: Overton window is very much skewed to yeah, the right. it's Absolutely. so far right.
2: to the right. And so, mm-hmm. like, there are political ideologies that, like, don't exist in America because of that. And so those, like... And so, like, I personally, like, consider myself to be very far on the left and not, mm-hmm. like, like in terms of world politics. And so that kind of stuff is, st- like, we're just now, like, Bernie Sanders getting as far as he did. Like, Bernie Sanders is even still pretty far to the center in, in, in relation to the rest of the world. Um, right, yeah. He's but, not,
0: he, in a traditional sense, he's very yeah. more liberal, left-leaning liberal than he is, like, the way he's portrayed as this, like, extreme. As, like, an extreme
2: socialist, like, yeah. communist. Yeah. And it's so it's like, and so those kinds of like I like I personally believe that like like the the establishment Democrats and and like traditionalist liberals are like still are like not progressive enough for what we need. Mm. Um, like Agreed. you can see it with like with like Joe Biden. Like Joe Biden mm. isn't nearly as progressive as like mm. Bernie. Um,
1: right. Well, it's like what you always talk about, Brent. Like reaching across the room. Like it's like the other mm. side has reached across the room. But the conservative well, side I mean, that's, has pulled yeah, further Yeah, no, that, that's out. been
0: the conservative tactic for, like, the last 40 to 50 years is to do this sort of Overton window pulling where it's, like, they, you put out this, like, really extreme... There's, like, people putting out, like, really extreme right stuff. and, um, and Can you explain like, the
2: Overton window for listeners? Who sure, if you haven't listened
0: is. to, like, some of our other uh, episodes, it's just sort of political um, science theory that basically states that in any any given place, you have this sort of political spectrum or window of belief systems within that country so you have usually your far right and your far left and sort of everything in between and so this is sort of like your overton window and this idea was kind of sort of constructed and used as like a strategy and as to like how to move the window of the political spectrum to one way or another and the way to do that is by sort of seeding these like really extreme ideas out there that people kind of will initially react to like kind of like whoa what are you doing? That's too crazy. And then they sort of will walk it back a little bit. Like, yeah, okay, I know that's a little crazy, but if we walk it back just one or two steps, this is all we were really looking for and that's not so crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And so it makes sort of like the more crazy stuff more and more palatable over time. We, we're so seeing seen, it like right
2: now with like the removal of, of statues. Like, conservatives mm-hmm. calling like being like the the liberals are going to are going to start erasing history and preaching false history in the classrooms and people are like well we're not doing that and they go well they're taking down the statues like mm-hmm. that is like it's what's pulling it to the right mm.
0: Right. And then, you know, like, it's been used a lot, like, say, by the NRA with guns and the gun conversation be like, oh, the liberals are coming. They're going to take away your Second Amendment. Right. They're taking all your guns away and they're going to come for you. And then we're going inst- to instill and socialism in your lives. And it's like, yeah, OK, some people are like, will buy into that. But a lot of people are like that seems a little crazy. They're like, OK, yeah, sure. Maybe they're not going to like it's not become, you know, 1984 big brother. But they might try to take, you know, your assault rifles away, and that's bad, right? And you're like, yeah, okay, I don't want them to take away my assault rifles. And so, yeah. like, it's you put something out there that's, like, really extreme mm. so that when you walk it back a little bit, the less extreme thing feels like it's not that extreme, even yeah. though it kind of is. I mean, it happens so the, that's been sort of all the
1: time. It's, and that's sort
0: of been the tactic, I mean, not just with guns and stuff, but, like, throughout sort of, like, all yeah. conservative politics in America for the last 40 or so years. And so the, the issue with America is traditional Democrats and the way our electoral college works and stuff has felt like they kind of have to be sort of like centrists Their yeah. Their whole philosophy is that we have to appeal to both, you know, the, the, the liberals in this country, but also those sort of like undecided, moderate type of like conservative sort of moderate conservative type people. So we need to keep our policies as down the middle as possible. And so to do that, that means reaching across the aisle to like compromise with the more, sort of like extremer conservative points of view and that's sort of been the tactic of the conservative Mm. wing of american politics is to do that because the democrats and liberals will keep reaching across the aisle to compromise not realizing that they they're reaching further and further and further to the right to reach these compromises to the point where like the quote-unquote liberal wing of american politics is way more like right of center than it is actual left at all anymore so, like, you look at a guy like Joe Biden, he could be, like, a Republican from, like, 30 years ago. I was going to say, like, know?
1: Biden could totally be Republican. Like, I don't think when I'm voting – if I vote for Biden, I'm not thinking I'm voting for a liberal person. Like, it's just – Yeah. It's, it's like – Like, just stop the stuff I mean, that's like,
0: happening in this country right yeah, now, you know? Yeah. Well,
1: like,
2: I was I was talking about,
1: like, especially,
2: especially with the way that Mitt Romney has been, like, acting, like, the only Republican to vote in favor of impeachment – um, he's he's been out there like protesting Black Lives Matter,
1: um, mm-hmm.
2: and like I'm like wishing Mitt Romney was freaking running for president, like <laughs> like honestly, like anyone, it's I was saying that especially in the 2006, I like in the 2016, um, election I was like into think with a uh, what like in 2000 uh 2012 the worst thing we had to worry about was Mitt Romney, right, and like and then you look at us like now, um. Yeah, and yeah, and the
0: world is like our country is literally yeah. like descending into chaos there's with a madman at the helm.
2: Video um, by Second Thought, where they talk about um, I forget what I forget actually what it's called, um, but um, they use there's a website called the Political Compass um, that's been gaining a lot of popularity right now, and so. Um, the horizontal axis is is political beliefs, and it goes from, like, uh, it goes from extremely like it goes from the left to the right, essentially, just yep. for whatever that means. And then the vertical is, um, <clears throat> economic beliefs. So it's like it's it's libertarian and it's um, like communist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? It's like it's like there's 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 full full market capitalism and mm. of like complete uh complete regulation and um so that so it it breaks into these four quadrants of like of like general political ideology so like the top right one is far right authoritarian and that's like where 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 like stalin or uh where uh adolf hitler was right yeah and he's like he's like as far up top right as you can be and then like as far top left as you can be is like uh like stalin Um, And then like in the bottom right is like Marxist, you know, and then I don't really know anyone who's a freaking right libertarian because that's like the lamest thing ever. Um, But uh, it it, like plots where American politicians and like the vast majority of them are in like the upper right. And like Bernie Sanders plots like barely in the bottom left Mm -hmm. Um, in the upper right. I said I I said bottom right. I meant upper right. Um, And then Bernie Sanders is like barely in the bottom left. Um, I want to see really, interesting It really, yeah, it really. It's it, the YouTube channel is Second Thought. Well, you should watch all of Second Thoughts videos, but that one in particular. Um, and it shows you like it, like shows you where on that compass like American ideology is. And so, like a lot of American like like people have been taking that test and like being placed weird. And it's like, okay, well, this isn't like like a lot of the questions that were being asked don't pertain to like American economics and American um uh american government so it's like really weird for it when like americans take it almost mm-hmm. so like they were sort of like explaining it and there's like debates over like because the, the political compass the, the 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 popular website one is 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 debated that it's not and like i would agree it's not accurate because like po- politics are extremely nuanced like way more nuanced than being able to like be placed on that thing um right. it's just an interesting little little thing yeah though.
0: Yeah, it's just a nice visual way to sort of illustrate where American politics sort of lies in the political spectrum. You know.
2: Yeah, and it's and then when you hear like Donald Trump calling far left fascism, which is like objectively impossible. It doesn't and even true. it's like an oxymoron. Yeah, it, it's doesn't, a even, like oxymoron. it doesn't even it make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like it's just so it's just so fun, and it's it's like funny when he when you hear him like when he calls things far left, and you're and you're like, well, actually. Mr. President, if you were educated, you would know that that is not a far left belief. That's actually a very centrist belief. Like, <laughs> right. like he kept calling out like, um, like far left. Uh, like he was like, like cancel culture is the far left's new political weapon, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, no, actually, cancel culture is a very centrist, moderate thing. Yeah, like mm-hmm. far left stuff, like don't like because they would become because far left people believe in believe in reform over punishment and so it'd be like yeah. it would be it would be cancel culture is
1: freedom of belief
2: yeah cancel culture <laughs> is, is is going against reform over punishment like they yeah. don't believe that people can be redeemed whereas like that is a, a far left people like very much believe in like the 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 prison system should not be just punishment should be abol- it should be focused on reform
0: yeah right. like people are just abolished entirely you yeah. Know, and yeah replaced with raw raw uh, blah bu- blah bu- blah. Bu- what's the word? Yum. Uh, rehabilitation. So. Yeah.
2: Well, like it's it's like it's like the thing where it, it it's it's like how I'm like I'm like technically police abolitionist, but I don't say that because to me, if you're gonna abolish something and then create a new system, and its like. That like it would just be like the new police or like the new prison system, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like, well,
0: yeah, exactly. That's kind of how that's why I feel like sometimes defund almost like makes more sense. Like, defund and replace is like almost like the better way to refer to it because, yeah, when you say it abolish, it's so easy for people to just be like, oh, what? So they're just gonna have a criminal. So tomorrow,
2: tomorrow we don't have police. It's like, no, that's not. That's not There know be something
0: what, in its place, but
2: yeah. Yeah, well, well, you know what it is? It's because that's what happened with the abolishment of slavery. Slavery was like, okay, slavery's done. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're going to do reconstruction and stuff, but not because slavery ended because the country just had a war.
1: But even with yeah. that, it's like, oh, well, what are these slaves going to do? We're just going to give them a bunch of land. It's like, like well, they're free. Like they'll do, they'll
2: do whatever they'll do whatever any free man did. They came over here and they took land that wasn't theirs, and then <laughs> they said it was theirs. And it's like, eh, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So, I made
2: I made a joke the other day that the only I don't know if I don't think it was it was it was to you guys at all, but like. The only people who I could understand being anti-immigration are, um, like, Native tribes. Yeah. If a Native American tribe was anti-immigration, I would be like, I would be like, all right, well, you know, like, those are the people who were here first. But, like... (laughs) Any white ass family whose family was immigrants, like four, five, six, seven <laughs> generations. It doesn't even matter how many generations it goes. It's yeah. like you came from immigrants. I don't yeah. understand how you do not realize that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's just this whole thing of whiteness and the arbitrariness of yeah, whiteness yeah. in this country. Because literally, the definition of whiteness has changed throughout history. Yeah, like
2: Mex, like, like when it's convenient to the American government, like like Latin, like Latinx people are like yep. white whenever it's convenient. Yep
0: exactly or the fact that like there was a time in history when irish people and italians were not considered white yeah you know? and it's like no one would ever say that. <laughs> that white is just literally like whatever the ruling class is is a way to distinguish between them and the nots, and yeah, not whites so it, it's it's completely arbitrary yeah so yeah
1: wow guys i can't wait yeah. to do our prison episode because that's going to be um yeah. another eye-opening one and also, that's not going to be
2: next week though next no. week we're gonna do no, no, something, no. We're gonna do something a little bit more fun.
1: Yeah, we gotta do. Yes. We gotta put some fun in because, like, yeah. as much as we're trying to shift to teaching you guys stuff and historical events, we gotta mm. we, we gotta always go back to our brain boggling yeah, roots. You,
0: you, yeah, yeah. I mean, all this stuff is brain boggling, but yeah, we there there needs to be a little sweet to make the bitter go down a little easier. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're
1: cooking you up a nice big pot of brain boggled stew. Dude, mm. soup, if you will. Dude, dude, we're, uh, dude We can't soup. take
2: that. It's already a podcast. Uh, it's already yeah. a podcast. Yeah, we gotta, we is. gotta put
1: a little bit of spice, but we also dude gotta make it soup. a little sweet. God,
2: I love dude soup. No, yeah. I've never actually listened to the dude soup podcast. I just love that phrase. I, ref-
0: yeah, we refuse, <laughs> just out of principle. <laughs>
1: oh man! All right, well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Thank you for listening. The- Our first two parter. Woo! Yeah, I we I feel pretty good about parter. it. We're a week ahead. Yeah. Ha- we're a week ahead.
2: I know we're a week ahead, which is cool just like um, that we might do more two we'll to parts with, with some it, bigger bigger topics No, yeah um, but thanks for listening if you want to uh, if you want to uh, get some more of that brain boggled content um, mm-hmm. you can check out our social media we got a uh, we got an Instagram at brain boggled we got mm-hmm. a Twitter at brain boggled pod um, and if neither of those are good enough for you, you see just- Still need more, you gotta head over to our Patreon where for, for as little as a dollar a month, that is one what? single dollar for the entire month. Wait, that's you like four access. bouncy
1: balls at a I supermarket. Know,
2: I know. That's in it, it's 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 almost nothing. It's practically nothing, but it helps us out a lot. And you, the great listener, get access to all of our bonus episodes uh that are <gasps> Patreon exclusive. And if you Want even to go that little step further, you can kick it up to $3 a month, which is not that much more. But you get to actually help vote on the topics that we talk about in those
1: mm. bonus episodes. If uh, you have a, a $3 patron, up. you're basically our friend. I mean, like, come mm. on. Like, yeah, you get, get that Discord. Actually, no. I actually want to
2: say. I actually want to say you're not like I. I, I <laughs> because okay, no, no, no. Legitimately though, there has been um there have been so many issues with like content creators recently. Um, that have been coming out where people have come out with like sexual assault allegations or other things towards these content creators and these people who consume their content like to such a degree where they feel like they know that person on a personal level and like are defending their character when in, when they actually haven't met anyone. Um, there's right. been one. There's been one case very like very recently that like people have been like, "No, I've been I've been subscribed to this person on Twitch for for." two years now so I know them better than you who were best friends with them who even lived together at one point point. and mm. it's like like there's just been so much like I think so much toxic culture on the internet comes from this like the fact that people put like like even like what we do on this podcast is like it's a different version of us than in real life you know because we it's something we're it's something we're presenting to right. you for consumption and so mm. like but we'll still love you. Listen, Jack, you don't
1: have to be friends mm-hmm. with them.
2: But you won't be <laughs> our friends. You guys be friends, were friends right? with me. Yeah, we're, friend- <laughs> we're friends, and you guys <laughs> yes. could be friends, and you guys <laughs> like our content, and that's great. Yeah, These are the like- kind of
1: debates that we can have on our Discord with you. So yes. $3 a month, that's like going to Dunkin's once like, in a month. That's like month. going to Dunkin's and then splitting that cost in half like
0: yeah you can't even like buy like a starbucks coffee for three bucks you freaking kidding me yeah, dude? yeah. next
1: time you want a coffee just think oh i could get free episodes of brain boggled and vote in polls and talk to them in a private group chat what that's crazy yeah, you can talk we're gonna be talking about video games discord and we're gonna be talking about either control the last of us part one or God of War. And then we yeah. have to and remember once, to
2: do record it after this episode comes
1: out. Then. Yes.
0: Right. I mean, it may be decided already by this point, <laughs> yeah. which episode right. we're talking about. Cause this is coming out a few weeks from when we were recorded. True. So yeah. but knowing
1: us, it'll probably take us that long to record it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. All right. <laughs> Thanks for also, listening. You guys. Oh, oh I was, I was no, just going to say one last, one last thing, please. It would be amazing. If you guys could go leave us a review on iTunes Give us oh, a five yes. star rating or whatever you think we deserve, please. Cause mm. that's huge for us. And it gets us in the algorithm. Well, I mean, we would prefer not a one star
2: or two star. Yeah, a Five star would three. be great.
1: Yeah. It's absurd. Also, yeah. I
2: think we've talked about how the rating system on Apple podcasts work, but the only ratings that actually benefit you and like put you into good algorithms are five star ratings. Even a four star mm-hmm. rating is like, is like to the algorithm is bad. It's yeah, really standard.
0: Give us a five or a one, goddammit. Yeah. yeah. Nothing yeah Anything in between, and
1: you're a fence sitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, definitely go check that out. Leave us a review and tell people that you like the show because it really helps, and uh, we can keep this going. So, yeah. Spread that word, baby. Thanks, yeah. guys. Bye.